Like, Nicole, did you think when you did Alphaba on Broadway that you would be sitting here in 2023 talking to two wicked gays about <laughs> wicked? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I thought, well, I'll, that's the last time I'll work. No. <laughs> but, no, because it's just kind of death. Two wicked you know. gays. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Quincy. And my name's Kevin. And this is Sentimental Men from Theaterly. We are here to talk and maybe scream about our favorite women in musical theater. So this is me swallowing my pride, standing in front of you, saying I'm sorry for that night. Kevin, have you listened to Speak Now Taylor's version? No. Kevin, have you listened to Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo? That I did, because I told you I would. And I'm a man of my word. Okay. And we didn't get to talk about it because... Here lies love. We went right in. Kevin and I went to see Here Lies Love. Run to go see it. We already want to go back. I want to see it 12,000 more times. I, yeah, and I need to go next time ready for the world of the show. I need to be dressed in a way where I'm like feeling my nightclub karaoke oats. Right, like like I wasn't feeling hot and it was a Sunday 2 p.m. matinee. Nobody was, people were afraid to like participate, I feel like. We were like standing on the floor. For anyone who doesn't know Here Lies Love, they like totally ripped apart the Broadway theater and turned it into this nightclub. And they have this floor seating where you're standing the whole time and moving around around and they have these cute ushers in pink jumpsuits with glow sticks. I told Kevin that would be a perfect job for him. Yeah, it's my new dream job. <laughs> that like usher you around the dance floor as they're dancing with you. It's it's like really an experience. Yeah. Uh, I had such a good time. I I want to go back at least at least twice, if not three, four, five times. We are here today for a double episode, which are my favorite types of episodes to record. Yeah, me too. And especially when it is two people who already have a good shtick between them, because then it feels like they bring a dynamic, we bring a dynamic. We're coming at this conversation to converge dynamics instead of, yeah, it's great. I love a double episode. With three-time now guest Lindsay Heather Pierce and two-time guest Nicole Parker. Yes. I feel like Lindsay Heather Pierce, not like a pipeline, but I feel like she has officially started like the Triple Crown Club or like the three-timers club. I mean, Lindsay Heather Pierce is an honorary sentimental man. I think we can say that. Yeah. She's our biggest champion and supporter. (laughs) Yeah, since day one. Since day one. Since before day one. Since before, yeah, day day negative. (laughs) I think we said last, yeah, last episode with Olivia, we were like, like this podcast always does, it all comes back to Lindsay Heather Pierce. Um, Do you want to give us a quick refresher on what these two ladies have been up to in their lives and careers? I would love to. You know Miss Lindsay Heather Pierce from The Glee Project and subsequently from Glee. You know her from Wicked on Broadway, Mean Girls on Tour, most recently the Frozen concert in Taiwan and coming up from Rent at the Muni. Cannot wait for those videos. I can't even with her. She's so booked. 
I'm obsessed. Good for her. We lo I love when the girls are busy. You know Ms. Nicole Parker from Martin Short, Fame's Become Me, Wicked on Broadway, Wicked on Tour, The People in the Picture, her work on Mad TV, or from her podcast, The Neighborhood Listen. And these two ladies have two things in common. Number one, they are both straight to Broadway alphabuzz. Mm. Nicole Parker, famously the first, Lindsay Pierce, famously the most recent. And perhaps more importantly, they are currently currently starring together in Titanique off-Broadway. Um, Daryl Roth Theatre. At the Daryl Roth Theatre. And I, for one, am very excited to have them both back on the pod. Yeah, I'm, I think this is going to be really, really fun. I went back, oh, okay, so I went back in preparation for this and re-listened to the most recent episode we did with Lindsay. I didn't want to go back to the first yeah, episode we did with Lindsay because I felt like it might be tough for me to listen to because it might be crunchy yeah. early days. Um, but I went back and listened to the <laughs> most recent one we did with Lindsay and our episode with Nicole. And I have to say, those are probably two of my favorite episodes that we've ever done. And going back to Agreed. the Nicole one is like the earliest episode I've listened to that we've done in a long time. And it kind mm -hmm. of, it warmed my heart. I was like, wow, we're really doing something here in cataloging just like the legacy of this very specific yeah. group of women. women. And to go back and listen to it, I felt very proud. And I feel like I don't get very sentimental about this podcast endeavor that we do very often. But it was... You don't. Very nice to, like, look at where we were, what we were talking about, where we are now, the fact that we're still doing it. It was very... It was a heartwarming moment. I agree. It was like that meme that was going around recently that was like, did we make it? Yeah, we did. I was trying to find a cute way to do that for the two of us, but... Oh, Keep thinking on it. It could be fun. Yeah, a month <laughs> later. <laughs> we did our spiel about Titanic and how great these two ladies are in Titanic in last week's episode. But just to reiterate, they really are giving phenomenal performances at the time. By the time you guys hear this, Nicole, I think we'll have like two performances left in Titanic. And then Jackie Burns is coming in. Which I would just like to say, Quincy, God bless the power that is about to rage through this city in the form of an alphaba to Celine. Alphaba to Celine. Well, that's the thing. I hope it would be, casting it would this have to is be lazy. Like alphaba, but with the little accent over the E. Alphaba. <laughs> um, I hope whoever casts Titanic is lazy in the sense that they're like, oh, yeah. Former Alphaba should, is just how we do this. And then they just keep putting them in. Yeah, that's what I want too. Before we get into the episode, we are also currently running a ticket giveaway for we the sure Oz Dust Ballroom Extravaganza at BroadwayCon happening on July 22nd at what time, Kevin? At 7 p.m. At 7 p.m. That's great. I was imagining this taking place at like 10 p.m. And I was like, wow, this is going to be a... Late night. Do you think I would have agreed to this if it started at 10 p.m., Quincy? So if you go to our Instagram, we're running a giveaway on Instagram for a pair of tickets. We're going to be there, so come play with us at the Ozzas Ballroom. We are also running the giveaway on Threads. Ever heard of it? I don't know. Why Ew. not? Just see what's going on there. Let me read you the spiel about this Ozzas Ballroom because it does sound very, very fun. Make the most out of Broadway Con <laughs> with an the most out of Broadway Con with an amazing after party. Dance the night away to your favorite Broadway show tunes presented in collaboration with Wicked. 
Proceeds from the Alice's Ballroom Benefit Week is for Good Partners, Broadway Green Alliance, Equal Justice Initiative, V-Day, and Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. That's actually not what I meant to read. I meant to read this. Join Wicked and Broadway Con for a night of dancing along to Broadway show tunes, including your favorites from Wicked. The evening will include surprise appearances and live performances, Ooh. giveaways for all attendees, all, a complimentary drink, the chance to win additional prizes, including tickets to Wicked Day to celebrate the show's 20th anniversary on Broadway in October, and the most swankified photo ops around. So, which way to the party? It sounds thrillifying. It sounds perfect. <laughs> it's also osmopolitan. Bum bum. Let's go down. I hope that the music is just dancing through life on a loop. So I'm a little stressed about this because I know that knowing the Broadway con audience and knowing the Wicked <laughs> audience, I feel like everyone is going to be dressed up in Wicked regalia. And I don't, I, I'm not feeling creatively inspired right now for like a look. Yeah. I feel like we could do, we'll talk about it. I feel like we can solve this problem together. Okay. I would love to do a couple's outfit because I am envisioning <laughs> you in like the shiz... Like, I think you'd be such a good bully in what is this feeling look. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, sure. I, I have a very easy time picturing you in that ensemble. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, so the, our giveaways on social are going to end on the 16th. So at the time of listening to this, if you're yeah. listening to this on the day of release, you have two more days to enter. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. See you guys there. Yeah. And then if you don't win, buy Can't tickets. Wait. The more the merrier. Yeah, maybe we'll still see you there. All right. Let's get into it with Lindsay and Nicole. I am so excited. Nicole Parker and Lindsay Heather Pierce. Thank you so much for joining us again on Sentimental Men. Thanks for having yes, us. Yes, thank you for coming back. Thanks for having us. Now we're together, Linz. No, there's, this is there's Lindsay's no place third like time. Home. There's no <laughs> place like home. <laughs> you get a jacket? Do you get like a third jacket? Yeah, we should start merch. <laughs> I think um, so. We were talking about in the intro, we went back and re-listened to our previous episodes that we've done with you guys. Oh, it's Truly some of our favorite ones. Uh-huh. And we didn't, I listened to the most recent one Lindsay did. I didn't listen to the first ever episode we did with Lindsay. So listening back to Nicole's episode was like the earliest episode that I've listened to that we've done in a while. And it was such a throwback because mm-hmm. Nicole, we were talking to you in the dead of the pandemic. The dead. I mean, I had bangs <laughs> that I've never had. I had a kid and then like hair grows out of your head. And making things, and when I took those pictures that, or like the videos that you guys, posted, oh yeah, what? Like it was, I was another. I was in another time realm. I was another person. I was another human. Yeah. I think we all. But it was were. special to revisit. It was nice. <laughs> it was nice, and it was a, it's a nice boost for us to be like, look at us now. Look at us now. <laughs> We've come, we really so come far. a long way, and we're still not in the same room. But at least the theater is back and you two are back on stage. Amen. Um, So to start, we start our Wicked episodes, How Did Wicked Come Into Your Life? How did you two come into each other's lives? Well, I mean, already I knew who that one was because I saw her episode of Glee. I wasn't I wasn't as clued into the Glee project <laughs> like I was older, but uh, I remember seeing her episode. And I was just like, holy shit, that is exactly the girl who would be Rachel Berry's nemesis. Like, look at her. She's everything musical. Theater. Everything musical. Theater. She should be, look at her eyes. Look, look 
losing her voice. Look at her dance. Like it was, I was like, who did they find? Look, like, at yeah. exactly. <laughs> Look at her dance. Look at her dance. It's like they built her in a factory of like, well, if we had to like create a 3D version scientifically of like a musical theater machine. An AI musical theater nemesis. AI musical theater, like prototype, <laughs> like weird science yes. style. It would be Lindsay. It would be Lindsay in that. And I was just like, yeah. <gasps> I got so excited. I was like, good for her. And then, yes, we were doing Rockwell. So that's where obviously so many people who created Titanic met. And mm-hmm. I came to see a show because I was living just up the hill from where Rockwell was in Los Feliz and my husband and I went and it was like the Scorsese show where I was like can you just say what Rockwell is for oh yeah sure so Rockwell was <laughs> RIP, mm. a table and stage theater that theater table and stage restaurant rather with a bar um that b- basically started doing these immersive cabaret shows and it started mm-hmm in a very tiny skinny bar. Then they bought out like the space next to it. So now it was this opened up really cool restaurant. And back then they used to have like any touring company of Wicked or, you know, would, would do like cabarets like that. Oh. night. But then when they started doing the For the Record series, which was basically taking the work mm. of a director like Scorsese, Tarantino, or Zemeckis or Baz, which is where how uh, Lindsay and I met, they would just do scenes from those movies and then songs from the soundtrack. Gotcha. And this venue isn't the same venue. L.A. theater is very foreign to me, but I feel like I see me like too. Emma Hunton is always doing like Cruel Intentions at some cabaret. Like so that's venue. so Cruel Intentions with with Connie with Connie and Molly McCook, um, who's John Krause's um, wife. We did Cruel Intentions there. Emma and I met when she finished her time with the first national tour. I met her like three days when she was done with that. And then I brought her into Cruel Intentions because they needed a Cecile. And so we did Cruel Intentions there and it was the same place that we uh. did Baz Luhrmann, all the, Tar- or the, the For the Record stuff and all of the unauthorized musical parody stuff, Scream, which is the first show I ever did with Marla. Uh-huh. Um, Troop Beverly Hills, Connie and Marla, and Connie was in Scream as well, and Connie had done For the Record with us, and it was just like kind of that, it was like guerrilla theater in Los Angeles, or as or as Marla would call it, uh-huh. ratchet dinner theater, which was exactly what it was. <laughs> yes, that is a proper way to say it. I, mean, I remember for the Zemeckis one, which is the first one I did, which sounds random, but it was like Forrest Gump, Connie was Forrest Gump, that's how yep. I met him. Yeah. Uh, back to the future becomes her but like changing into Betty Boot for like the Who Framed Roger Rabbit part and just like being in a janitor's closet and like oh, I used to be on Broadway. <laughs> and, then, and then the next one they did was Baz and um, I could I was a funny girl at the time so I couldn't be like a part of the original. Uh, group, but then I just joined, and that thing ran for so so long. Yeah, we ran. And at this time, years. I remember coming in just to learn. Lindsay was on stage, and she was uh, she kind of was like helping me learn how to do the Fran track, which was um, strictly ballroom. And I, you know, it was classic. It was like I had like a day to learn it, or I don't know. which was also the same for me because I had the Daisy track. So there was like all the That's women right. had these uh, every every principal, every single performer was a principal character, and then uh-huh. they would play like Fran. If you mm-hmm. played Fran, you were also the nurse in Romeo and Juliet. And like if you right. were Daisy, you had a bunch Daisy, of little bit. Oh, so you yes. were also like Tina Sparkle, like it from it's like a repertory from, you know, company. Yes, mm-hmm. kind of. So you were so you would like change your hat or you'd put a shirt on and you'd become another character and have to speak in a different voice. And I was originally the Daisy track. And then there was, it was like Thanksgiving weekend. They were like, we don't have anybody for 
Fran, and so I had to learn Fran mm. in a day, and like all oh, tango, you were the Roxanne, you were Roxanne, so you had to do tango de Roxanne yet again, oh, yeah. pretending like I could Dancing. fucking dance, baby. That dance was is crazy, and you're like and on a little <laughs> runway we in the on a little of runway it. stage, and you're like, and like in doing a corset, this sort of like kind of masochistic tango. Yes, it was crazy. And then Nicole came where in that Fran was like the super nerd, but then also like the the like. S&M like leather bound like like and then and then Nicole came in because we had lost one of our friends I think Thomasina had left for a second one of our right. other friends had left for a while and then Nicole came in to fill in that slot and then there was a week I think it was in January where one of our daisies Joanna got sick then I got sick and they were like Nicole learn it and she learned Daisy which well, is and like Ruby, Daisy is one of the bigger tracks in the show because she just sings all of the hard songs mm. and she learned Ruby wasn't in it mm. Ruby was in only Ruby in was out of town so I remember yeah. I was like it was, it was Super Bowl Sunday I actually remember because I didn't <laughs> right um That's right and uh and I'm just sitting there in the couch and I'm like <laughs> it just hit me I was like wait I'm on the show tonight but who's playing Daisy because I knew Lindsay was out and I knew that Joanna was out. And but I knew they thought was I town. was. They thought Joanna was on, and Joanna okay, that's hadn't, why I, hadn't I fully called it. out. Oh my god! She'd had like a death in the family or something, and that's right. It was like why she told one person, but that person didn't tell the other. It was like it was like a mess, and then it was. You probably got a text at like two p.m. <laughs> I texted him. I, I literally just randomly. I don't know why, but at this point, you know, we were at texting. Uh, I guess yeah. level, but I was like. <laughs> Who's playing, who's playing Daisy today? And he was just like, oh, my God. And then it was like a dot, dot, dot. And I was like, here it comes. Right, what are you doing? <laughs> like, well, Which is the most, that was the most Rockwell thing. The amount of I times know. that someone would call from Rockwell and be like, we don't, can you come learn this, like, right now and just come in? I mean, it really was, like, swing, understudy brain. And I genuinely think that ha being able to yeah. do... for the, Stuff like For the Record or the Unauthorized Musical Parody series and stuff there, like prepared me to be able to have things thrown at me personally and like because mm -hmm. because they had such pros mm -hmm. come in and working alongside people like I had worked a little but I hadn't worked the way Nicole had or Ruby or all of the Constantine all of these other people that had been Marla even that had been doing mm -hmm. Broadway and tour and all these different things mm -hmm. I got to learn so much from them because they were mm -hmm. like oh the shit that happened to us on this on this day and this yeah. city and here and here and and I was 22 when I met her, mm -hmm. and I'm 32 now. So it's been over th over wow. 10 years. See, that's the age difference. So you know, I I was definitely more suited for Fran because you know, singing like "Will you still love me when I'm no longer young?" <laughs> Which is this is Nicole's like, gag is that Nicole likes to make fun. No, Nicole likes to make fun of quote unquote how old she is, and mm -hmm. it's not a thing. <laughs> I know. It's not a I don't thing. Like to make fun of it. She made she made those jokes ten years ago and she was wrong then. <laughs> right, because I will now. always be older than you. <laughs> no, but you're wrong. <laughs> you're just wrong. And she was and what was amazing was I on when she had to go on that day, Shane texted me and said, Can you go stand in the sound booth? Because uh, the sound booth was like there was a it was like a big thing in the back mm -hmm. of the house and the sound mm -hmm. booth I was able to stand there and I had like the Daisy Bible 
And mm. if, if right. Nicole needed me, she could stand next to me and be like, where do I go? And I'm like, you're gonna go right over there. Uh, so I would be able, and I had, I had like bronchi, it was a whole mess. And that actually led to one of the most oh profound God. moments I've ever had in theater. I love this. Ever, ever, ever. Shit. So I stood on the side and she would just kind of stand there. And I remember one time just like reaching down and grabbing her shoulder and giving her a squeeze. And I was like, she, oh. and she barely needed any help. She was amazing. She had Kieran, she had all these amazing people that were just shoving well, her thing. with love. Everybody was just like, we've got you, like, you know. Mm. Yeah, well, and and in a space that mm -hmm. small, the right. the rule is if there's an empty spot, that's probably where the fuck you're supposed to stand. <laughs> you just come fucking stand there. So it was like, she, and she, she also already knew the show just from a different side, like a different viewpoint. So it wasn't mm -hmm. like she was being thrown into right. dark water, but she had, there were different harmonies that she had to sing and she had to God. sing there com a completely different kind of character. And the one of my favorite memories was standing in that sound booth, quote unquote, helping her as if yeah. she needed any fucking help from me. And she's up there singing Young and Beautiful. And I looked over because Daisy and Juliet sing that together in that show. And sh they're by themselves. Nobody else is in the scene. And she's singing it, the, her, the first verse, which is just Nicole. And I look over and every single cast member is by the sound booth just watching Aww. her. And they were, and then I remember Kieran, our Gatsby at the time, looking up at me and we were like, she's amazing. She's such a pro. Oh, like nice. we were all just like, oh my God, she's so good. And then you did Over the Love and I was just like this. The whole time, I was like, "I'm watching. This is my super. This is my Super Bowl Sunday." <laughs> I was watching Nicole Parker, <laughs> like just be like, "Fuck it," <laughs> singing her tits off. It was fantastic. Melting her tits off. Melting. It was amazing. Oh, was that's amazing. a nice memory. I've and it led. I'll tell the story later, but it led to her learning that track. Led to and I and Kevin kind of knows the story a little bit led to one of the most profound moments I've ever had in theater. And I'll cry if I even start talking about it. Oh. But mm. I learned, oh, stop it. I learned okay. something from Nicole in this specific thing that happened that was so, I was so humbled and I was so, I, I grew up a little bit. Like there was a moment, like I got over, I got over a big ego thing mm. that day. I got over a big like hump that I didn't realize that I had as a performer a big insecurity and it, and it was- Is now the time to tell this story? I, mean, I don't know what this is, I wanna know. <laughs> sure, so, so- I to tell so when, yeah, story yeah, lifting like up Lindsay and making her awesome, but we'll do that this right is, after that. Yeah, this yeah. Is, I, think, I think we're about to tell the same story. So because I had been sick and Joanna had been sick, these <laughs> every single possible Daisy was like unable to do the show, but I hadn't gone to a doctor. I just thought I had like a cold chest infection, something or other. And so I'd been out for a week and we only performed, I think it was like Wednesday to Sunday or like Thursday to Sunday. And we very rarely did double shows. It was usually just an evening show unless there was like an added performance. So the, and it was like, I would be on for two days and someone else would be on. So there was plenty of time to rest. So if I was out or someone else was out, there was always someone else to fill in the gap. And so I'd been out for a week. I hadn't performed it for a week. And I remember coming back and everyone was like, how are you feeling? And I said, I feel good. And I was in the bathroom going through all these scales. I had the show, I had it. And Daisy starts mm -hmm. the top of the show with a little party never killed nobody. And I, mm. the, the lyrics are, I ain't got time for you, baby. Either you're mine or you're not. And I literally went, I ain't got time for you, baby. Either you're gone, nothing. In the middle, spotlight on me, standing on the I bar, on only a bar, person, it's so hot. Only person <laughs> visible, like no voice. And I was like, 
this is this is my nightmare. This is my uh-huh. nightmare. And I, and and I had the yeah, entire yeah. rest. And when I tell you that the Daisy sing is a big sing, I was mm-hmm. like, I, she sings Everybody's yeah. Free. She sings Florence and the Machines mm-hmm. Over the Left. She sings Young and Beautiful. And it's not Lana Del Rey's Young and Beautiful. It's like the yeah. belty version of Young and Beautiful. Yes. And it's and she's on every top yeah. note. Thank God Nicole was on as Fran. And we got through a little party. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And after a little party, we do like the diamond dogs. We introduce Moulin Rouge. We introduce, we, we're getting changed into corsets on the fucking street of Los Angeles on, <laughs> on, on Vermont Avenue. And yeah. we're changing and I'm having a panic. And Nicole goes, I can sing it. Do you need me to sing it? And I was like, I'm not going to be able to do it. You have like, somebody has to sing it. So Nicole s- begins to sing everything. I think the only thing that I had to basically army crawl my way through and croak through was Young and Beautiful because she couldn't be there. She had to be another character in the scene. And so I croaked through it and I took everything down. Like I was singing it mm-hmm. like a bass baritone. And yep. then the, the penultimate song in act two, like the, the 11 o'clock, the final number is Over the Love. And it's after Gatsby has been shot and he says, Daisy. And then the song begins. And I have my back up against a pillar to one side of the audience. And then I pivot so the rest of the audience can see the rest of the song. So I have my back to this pillar and across from me, the Fran, Daisy will always be singing towards the Fran and the Fran will always be singing towards the Daisy. And you can find this on YouTube so you can put the visual and match it up with the story. Yes, yes, yes. The switch is not on YouTube. No, no, no. But I mean the the position. The moment is, yes. And I actually do have one. I actually have a recording on my phone of you and I doing it together as me as Daisy and you as Fran. I'll send everything to you. (laughs) I I I have stuff of her as Daisy and me as Fran. Like, mm. it's amazing. It's really amazing. And like photos of us. It's really fun. And, um, and we, and we um, she's singing and we sing, come, come, let's green light in my eyes. And, and I got through the beginning little part and all she did without even talking about it, she stepped down, she walked past me, she took my hand and squeezed it and walked into my position and sang the, sang the rest of the song. And, and all of our... All of our writers, all of the, like, oh my God. And the, the, the people that like created the show with us were in the audience and they all were like, like, it was just such a theater magic moment where she was like, I got you. It's fine. Yeah. And she walked past me and she stood mm. and literally I didn't sing the rest of that song. I stood up against that pillar and just watched her do it. And it was so unbelievable. Wow. And it was so, I've never been shown such love or had yet to be shown such love on stage. And I remember texting her and talking to her after because I was so embarrassed because it's like, it sucks. It's a horrible feeling. And every mm-hmm. performer has had that experience where they're yeah. like, like, and you feel there's, there's, you really do feel like you're caged. You feel like you're chained and there's nothing you can do. And it's mm-hmm. really scary. And it wasn't like a situation where we had an offstage swing or we had somebody that could just like, we didn't have a standby. We didn't have, right, right, right. we didn't have an ensemble <laughs> understudy. It was there, it was right. the cast and that was it. If you were called that day, you were called. And if you happened to be in the neighborhood because someone broke their leg, the show was going to go on. But that was, that was literally <laughs> Even it. Better. And yeah. then I remember I'm 22. So this was 2013. No, I think it, I think this had been 2014 14. now. So yeah. I was about to turn 23 and the exit was around that Super Bowl time. And I was about to turn 23 and I remember texting her and talking to her about it. And she literally went, girl, I played Elphaba. You do not need to explain yourself. And she didn't say it in that way of like, I played Elphaba. Yeah. She was like, girl, I played Elphaba. The stories I that I it. have, like 
People mm-hmm. have had to save my ass before. Right. I know what it feels like. You're nothing is wrong with you. She was like, mm-hmm. "You're fine. Go get better." Turns out I had a double yeah. ear infection and bronchitis. Oh my god! <laughs> and I had no, no idea. Sense. Oh my god! And I had no idea. Well, I Nicole, just, give us your POV on that situation. Oh well, I mean, I was yeah. To, to me, it's just like oh yeah. You just again because I come from like a improv background and a sketch background. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. where you know I worked at a place at Boot, called Boom Chicago, which I think we talked about. Where all all mm-hmm. those guys. Ted Lasso and Jordan Peele and all of them did where you were, you, you had no idea what you were going to walk into every night. Cause you had audience members yelling at you or you had to get people yeah. up on stage. And then there's all, mm-hmm. there's like a maybe unwell part of me that is slightly um, <laughs> excited when things change. I'm like, Oh, okay, let's go. Yeah, of course. You know, so I, I like run towards <laughs> that stuff, which is <laughs> not normal. Oh my God. Well, but it, it's just like, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like this is like, we're alive. Let's do this. You know? So for me, it was just, I think, especially after, but I will say, you know, it does, I'll come back to Wicked. After doing Wicked, you really do, it does. does, And and like, it it does give you a certain uh, new uh, awareness of just like, okay, I just want to help. How do I make things easier for people? Mm -hmm. Or how, because, you know, yes, I had Mm -hmm. girls who came in and helped for me, like my story with Jenny Denoy and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. or just like, this is live theater. I've seen now, like, I feel like I've seen so not everything. Cause there's always something that you aren't expecting <laughs> sure. so much that it's you. like, yeah, this is, this is, this is easy. This is good. You know? And I remember, and also I remember feel, and I've been where she has been and I felt like that. And yeah. you're right. We were just talking to each other backstage this mm-hmm. the other night, right before the show started. I was like, yeah. do you remember feeling like right before Wicked, like, especially if like you weren't feeling, do you ever feel like you were going to die? Yes. <laughs> Yes. And I was like, I was like, isn't that crazy? I was like, the amount of times that I would get done with Defying Gravity and look at the green team and be like, if I have to do no good thing, I'm going to die. And they're like, like no going to die. die. And I'd be like, I'm going to die. But it felt like that. It felt that intense. And it so does. I think after you go through that, like then yeah. after that, you're like, no one's going to die. Nothing's as hard as this. And like, we, we can handle this show. And I've got her. And it, I used to love that part too, is that because Fran sits on the bar, the same bar that Daisy starts on in the beginning of the show. And she is on a pillar. And you just, it was just this beautiful, um, could you remember the harmony? Yeah, it's, uh, mine was, come, come. And then you'd go, come. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I loved it so much. And so then I remember yeah. getting down, and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to get right past her. It's going to be. Yeah, she seamless. just took my hand. And, and <laughs> the reason, and it was, and that's the thing, nobody would be none the wiser, but the people that were there and our cast members, like everybody knew. And the reason why that was such a profound moment for me is because I'd never had something like that happen to me before. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a blessing mm-hmm. it was to have that happen with someone like you, who wasn't Whoa. going to berate me, who wasn't going to make me feel small, who wasn't going to be like, why didn't you just fucking call out? No, but like, mm. here's the thing. Here's the thing is that there were plenty of people involved in that show that would have been that way or would not have given me comfort or not coddling, but would not have like give squeezed my hand and been like, I got you. It's okay. There's nothing. Like you're the a human being. There's nothing for, wrong with you. You yeah. don't feel yeah. well. Like you are not yeah. the sum of your talent. And she right. made me feel like a human being. Mm. And I'm not kidding. From, I always thought that I was a supportive cast member as a person mm-hmm. already. But because I had experienced something like that, I was like, well, that's the way that I will always be operating. And I'm mm-hmm. not kidding, Nicole. Like, I went home and I wrote about it. I could, mm. if, I, if I had access to the journals oh, wow. 
from that time, I literally was like, I will always, always, always conduct myself in this way in the theater moving forward in my life. And I have, and you can see it. I have from that day forward. I love you. And I'm going to hug you extra when I see you tonight. But here's the thing. And you leave me next week, you fucking asshole. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to it. But we'll I, get that. Now I have to tell this story, which is not soon after that, you did do that. She got my back right back. You, maybe you don't remember this. But it was it was a time when now people were starting to get jobs from this show. Casting directors would come. Mm. And it was kind of like, like ooh, you know. Was this a big deal when it was happening? It was. It was, it was, it was like the it only place. It kept getting extended. And, yes, yeah. it kept getting extended. The Baz show particularly was just really fun. I remember um, Adam Shankman came to see it. And even people like like Adam, who might have a little bit of like a predisposed thought of like what this immersive theater is like. You know, at first he said, I mean, everyone's really committed and they're in your face. And it's like, but, and so at first you're like, whoa. And then it just always won everybody over. Cause it was just, the music was so good. Everybody's singing was incredible. Everyone was beautiful. You know, it was like these Lindsay, all these people just like, just being everything, you know? And so he drew a lot of casting people and there was one week during ugh, pilot season, gross. Um, <laughs> in a place where I was just like, all of us were in a lot of us. We were very tired. <laughs> right. But we, like, I was kind of in like a, like a searching place. Like I really need a job, but didn't really, you know, I thought everything was such high stakes. And when I look back, I'm like, I probably didn't need to do this, but everyone was so supportive that I was, you know, up for this stupid sitcom. doesn't even matter. And the casting director of that sitcom was there that night. And I was supposed to go on for Fran. No, I was supposed to go on for Daisy. Cause I went on for Daisy a couple more times. And Lindsay was going to go on as Fran. And I show up and we find out that this casting director's here. And I'm like, should I, should I do Fran instead? Oh, no, because that's more like funny. I don't know. What should I do? And Lindsay's like, if you want to do Fran, listen, she's like, here are the keys to my car. She literally oh, gives the keys to her cute little cream Mini Cooper. Uh, like, no, it was, a, it was a white Mini Cooper with black okay, stripes. <laughs> but I had to run home and get, I think I had to run home and get, um, like a my Fran dress. That's what yeah, I had to do. you had to get your shit. Yeah, I was like, here, take the little thing. <laughs> like, here are my keys. My car's parked around the corner. Drive back to your house. Because <laughs> for reason, I guess I walked or I don't know. I don't um, remember. That was very close. And yeah. she without even so. I mean, to be of honest, it's the same exact thing for me right after and that. We she, just and we just switched. I was like, I'll play Daisy. You do Fran. Yeah. And then it's so funny because Jackie Snyder is another friend uh, of ours who was in the shows. And um, and and again, she used to play the Fran track. And she, like, then somehow caught wind of the story because there's always, like, you know, drama. And afterwards, she was like, that was so smart. That was great that you did Fran for I think that was a really good choice. But I was like, <laughs> because Lindsay was so flexible. <laughs> like, yeah. she showed up to do one part and then literally just switched it to the other Gave me the key to her car. So I don't know if you remember that, but like. I remember, I, re- I do remember that. I was like, I don't know what this story could be. The point is no one got that job because it didn't even happen. But <laughs> <laughs> but the point was the support for that we had for each other. Well, and thank you for that Rockwell context because I feel like. That's what Titanic is. Exactly. Like that that energy is now in Titanic. We've had, well, we've had a lot of people come that have done Rockwell with us and they're like, it's a Rockwell show. Because the way that Ty and Marla and Connie and Nicholas, who was also a, a Rockwell guy, he he played with For the Record for years and did umpo shows and um, it was birthed there. Titanic was, was the thought and the idea of Titanic was birthed in the Rockwell. And so it, it really does kind of feel like, you know, we're, we're coming back 10 years later. I know. Yeah. Were you guys involved with any of the earlier iterations of Titanic? Cause I know it was happening out on the West coast. No, but I saw, I saw a lot of the versions. 
yeah, gotcha. I saw a lot yeah. of versions, and and then there were times where you know, kind of, you know, they would like one, they would have me look at the script, or maybe I would, you know, t- but also I also just kind of felt like no, this is their thing, and um, made some suggestions, but I think it was more just like I think what they realized is they're like we've got we've got what we need. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I would just keep going to see it. When you were going to see it, was there anything in your head that was like, well, okay, I could probably be funny at this, or I could probably do a good job as Celine? Because we are all friends, they have been very, even from the beginning, there would always be a joke. They're like, well, you know, someday, like if we need it, like, you know, so from the very beginning, they were very- It's kind of tailor-made for you, the role. We always hoped that it would work out. And, um, Mm -hmm. I feel just very lucky that they, you know, just kept being in support of that. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing that, that all of us- said, I remember Ty and I texting when he let me know that I was going to join the show because we knew that, I knew that Jackie was going to come in, but we didn't know if Nicole was able to be confirmed or not. They were kind of waiting on some things. And we were both kind of waxing poetic about how if there was going to be a changeover for Marla, Mm -hmm. it had to be someone like Nicole, but specifically Nicole, because (laughs) it just makes sense to bridge, to that, bridge gap. that gap because then it kind of yeah. gives way because Jackie's going to be unfucking believable oh, be in the role. But like it would like Ty just kept going, yeah, it just yeah. makes it makes sense to keep it the like not keep it. What's the word I'm looking for? He was like, it just I was like, it just makes sense. Like it's Marla and then Nicole. It and and it's still kind of like keeping it in the family and then like giving it away and kind of it's like yeah and like diagram. opening up the doors for new people to come in and be a part of the magic and mm-hmm. and it was that I had the same experience yeah. where it would it would be like you know if we need a rose you know or like whenever mm. like you're you're top of our list you know and I would be yeah. like I was like oh guys thank you it's so sweet like whatever and they're like yeah but because we'd done the Rockwell if you've done shows like that before you understand the formula of a show like right. Titanic. And it was actually the same with Michael because mm-hmm. Michael had done Cruel Intentions at La Poisson right. Rouge. And so Cruel mm-hmm. Intentions had that thing. And so Connie uh, knew Michael as the swing from Cruel Intentions. And he was like, Michael actually would be really good in this. Like yeah. he'd be, it, it makes sense. That's And that's exactly, it. it's a sensibility. Yeah. You know, it's not that other people then can't step in. It's that the, the Rockwell mentality and sensibility was a specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think that's why it feels like you know, what you're saying is that in terms of like, who's next or just because we all were in those, um, in just, we were all in that Rockwell trench together, you know, and it did create a certain sensibility and sort of adaptability to, mm-hmm. and also definitely a certain type of humor, which kind of did start on screen. Cause that was the first movie parody that they did. Uh-huh. And it was Lindsay and Connie and Marla. And that's how I really got to know Marla because we were sharing the, um, it sounds so silly to say, the Gail Weathers track. Um, <laughs> you know, um, like, who are we doing? You know, and then, and we, and that was kind of when it started. Because we had really great improvising. We had like Peter Vogt, who's a, who is the twin brother of Paul Vogt, who was on Matt TV, mm-hmm. um, who's an improviser. And then uh, this other guy, John Flynn, who's an improviser. We had, mm. we had some, and like as Drew Drogi came in. So we had some like sketch groundling improv UCB people, which is, I also honestly think that cross pollination is what created still why you're seeing ti- what you see in Titanic, which was, Oh, we're going to bring in. So there's this other crew that like also, uh... like, but now we're going to start to like improvise. And now we might call out the audience and now yeah. we might acknowledge some things. And now we might mm-hmm. update it every night with like a pop culture reference and yeah. that is, where, you know, and that's when right. Marla I mean, was like, oh, yeah, they wrote a good show. how we can do Gail, you know, we were like, this yeah. is how we should do Gail Weathers and we'll be able to mess with people. And 
So it really did all that kind of sensibility. Um, I think the comedy scene is so fascinating and just the different like sensibilities that different groups have. Yeah. Yeah, but really, and and that's what's perfect about, I do feel like this sometimes, a lot of comedy groups or comedy people, you know, write spoof musicals. And and I'm like, you know, they got this so right because I think it really does take people with a lot of musical theater background to make a good spoof of a musical, even though (laughs) you do need the good comedy writing. But like, that's what's so great about it. Marlon and Connie, they just have both, you know? Yeah, so did you both audition for Titanic or was it just an offer? Um, go. <laughs> oh, I sent a tape just because... Uh, I sent a tape. Someday we'll tell the story, the very funny story of how this all came together. I had a very chaotic... What a chaotic <laughs> time it was. You? No way. <laughs> but, the bottom, <laughs> but the bottom line is, I did make a tape, mostly because I think I always like to know that, like, even though, oh, I know the director or I know the people, I know there's other Kinda people involved who do not know me, who might be like, yeah. who the fuck is yep. it? you know, Same. and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just don't have, I mean, maybe someday again, I'll be like, I'm offer only, but never, <laughs> but no, I like that. Cause then I'm just like, oh, what I can do is out there. And I'm aware of peace that of mind. Yes. Go forward with what I might need. Someone can yes. refer to me yeah. like, well, this is what she has to offer. And, um, so yeah, I did do that. <laughs> it was very last minute. And I was like in full Celine drag in my kitchen. Just <laughs> so I was like, you can't be here for this because he won't sit through this. Cause he doesn't like when I sing my kid, not my husband. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just cheap Celine drag for the whole year because cheap I started, um, you know who Tom Link is? He's, uh, he's kind of, he also did all these rock shows and we were doing, um, lots of different versions of the snatch game, either at like gay, gay Disney days. It was so funny. It was the first time I saw him in years since the pandemic. And there we are huddled in like a banquet room at like the Iwani in like California adventure, just like putting tights. on. I was like, well, here we are. You're in the drag and I'm in Celine. And it's like, what, what did we think was going to happen? That we were going <laughs> to make better choices. <laughs> Um, and then we did it a couple other times, but he let me a great Celine wig. He's like, you can just have this one. I was like, oh my God, thank oh you. God. So it's like, it, it was like still in whatever garment bag from a few months ago. So I just grabbed, grabbed her, threw her on. Oh my God. <laughs> and was it a hard decision? Cause you came back to New York from LA to do this. That was not a hard decision. The, the logistics are what were, uh, you know, tricky to yeah. get through and not necessary to get into at this yeah. moment because it all worked out. But, um, right. but listening back to your old episode, I noticed a theme, like it, it feels like kind of throughout your life and career, you've been straddling this LA, New York, what yeah. do I do? Balancing passions. It's true. I, I like too many yeah. things and some of those things are not on the same coast in, in, mm-hmm. in some ways, you know, um, yeah. because for a while, the show I was doing, that was a sketch show, was on uh, the West Coast. And then the improv community that I was a part of was on the West Coast. And uh, But musical theater is out here. Um, yeah. And uh, and then, of course, writing, which is what I've been really actively trying to do in selling a show, is, is something that I just ended up doing out there. So, uh, But, I, of course, I'm most happy when I'm on stage. Of course, my first – it's hard to say what my first love is. But, mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing like – being on stage. And then of course this, a job like this combines everything I like to do, which is what right. you rarely get, which is what I do in Martin short show. Yeah. So no, I mean, if there was a way to do it, I was going to do it. We were going to get it done. It was going to take <laughs> a lot of family and friends. And you know, that that's when I'll start crying as I talk about how many people were like, I, we think after these three years, like this is what she needs. You know, when you mm. have a pandemic and you lose a lot of work and then you have a baby and then you're in isolation on top of isolation, something like this 
definitely when I spoke to you last time was not possible in my head, you know, mm. like there's no way that would happen. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it happened at all, even though it's short lived was light. Well, yeah. Gave me my life back for sure. Healing. Yeah. Oh my God. In every way, in every way. Something that, that a lot of your Alphabet sisters have talked about is like Alphabet is so much of like pushing people yes. away the whole show. And like this, Titanic, you're, it's oh the exact God. opposite. It's like everybody on you're stage and everybody in, in the room come And you know, there's something to even being able to yeah. see the audience. Yeah. And man, I just get like, I just get a kid. I just, I get life from watching people like laid out in their chair, dying, laughing, Screaming. giving me this, you Yassing. know, <laughs> yes. and not just me, you know what I mean? It just means yeah. they're enjoying themselves, yes. seeing them happy, yeah, yeah. knowing how unhappy we've all been. And just, you yeah. know, there's, there, it, it's just fun to watch the audience sometimes forget like them watching me or them laughing at what we're doing or me watching my friends also, but I can't even handle watching this one. She's here in my Brady Bunch square. So I'm pointing yeah. right <laughs> Like, like who are you the, talking the about? gorgeousness, <laughs> the singing, the acting, the perfect the like, dancing. Rose is tricky, I feel like to play because Rose is kind of the only character who kind of has to be in the movie, rather, right? Like she uh, needs to have yes. all, she has to hold She's all of the, the reality. But then like still ha- but then just she Lindsay perfectly balances that, if I may, you know, of like the moment where she gets to be silly or where she is the end of the the, 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 the punchline, sort of like, oh, silly Rose. But to be, that's hard to do, to be able to balance both the yeah. drama of that and like the sincerity of that, you know, yeah. without going over the edge too much. And at the same time, be so incredibly funny. Like when she's doing, you know, um, if I, uh, uh, if you ask me to, and, and she starts and it's so beautiful and then does that, I can't do it. It is I live for it. I watch her doing it off stage. Every time I'm like, she's fucking great. It's it's my. Well, we were talking about after the show with you guys about how Rose is the Alphaba track of Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) And I said this might be fighting words, but I have not worked this hard on and off stage since Alphaba. And I'm not saying that like they're comparable, but Mm -hmm. I just don't leave. Like no, I actually it's, do it's not have kind of time like roller coaster effort from watching that yes. is that I totally agree with you. Like I would this happened exactly last night. I last night it. I at one point, like last night, I, I went back, I was like getting done with a scene. It was oh, I know when it was. It was when Ruth is like having her meltdown. When the mom when when Rose's mom is having her meltdown, I have a second oh. I run backstage and I have a second to take a drink of water and then go back on and then be berated again and um and I I took a drink yeah. and Nicole was sitting there and like you can always see her because like Coming, coming off stage into like total darkness is always really hard for me. Um, mm. But you can see her; she's in this like super sparkly dress, <laughs> and she's sitting there by the she's sitting there by the stairs. And I took a drink of my water, and I looked at her, and I went, <sighs> and I was like, I just don't. I was like, I just never leave stage. And she went, You do have the hardest track in the show. <laughs> and I was like, Thanks. <laughs> but like you know, that is that that's it. Well, that's that, one of the yeah. gifts of of Alpha. Alphaba is, I can't even say it anymore. Um, that's one of the gifts of Alphaba is that it's like she knows she's got it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it's right, like right. you that in your body of like, uh-huh. to be fair, even, and I mean, I know we've talked about this before about being mm-hmm. two of the green girls who had to go in it doing never have never have yeah. never done another. Well, and that's on our agenda. So let's talk okay, about we, it. Oh, God. <laughs> let's get into it. 
And I will say the discourse I think was similar for both of you where it's like, oh, is Wicked stunt casting now and bringing in television actresses? And that's so funny because again, I was like, I'm not a television actress. No one watches our show. I'm a new senior nerd. Yeah. You don't get to say that to me when I listen to my mom's <laughs> vinyl recording of MAME <laughs> instead of playing outside and I dance the whole thing and I know every word to Bosom Buddies. And you know what? Like, don't come to me because do you know all the words to Bosom Buddies? That's the original shit. That's the original shit. That's G. Arthur and Angela Lansbury. So you when, don't have to call me this, this, when I had when no you... friends that I was singing. with <laughs> 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 when you post the video clip of this, it's going to be her, and then it's going to be cut to our Brady Bunch quiz, and it's just going to have a bracket saying gay excitement, <laughs> gay joy. Lindsay. Gay. Yeah. The just two like, of us just all over I just was so shocked by that. Even like certain crew members were like, oh, we're so, like, I'm impressed you learned all the lines and came here and you're professional. Uh, like, I'm a theater kid. Like, what? Yeah. You know, this is crazy to me. <laughs> and um, and so I think that was right off the bat. And I and I did there was someone on Mad that um who was it? Someone sent me like a screenshot and they shouldn't have because uh, it was like yeah. from like, one of the witch forums. But it was yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of funny because I was telling the story the other day in the dressing room where someone actually like ran to my defense, but like not the way you want them to. Like she's it was not like famous. Parker is not stunt tat. She is not a celebrity. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, <"Ugh." laughs> Okay, I know. Be like, you don't have to scream. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Also, thank you. Also, please no. Um, so I think I was, now that I have so many more years and even more after we talked last time, the perspective of like, oh, I mean, it is such a, um, especially because I've talked to like a few more people, a few more girls who, who kind of did New York first, like, or like didn't get to spend as much time on the road and just how healing the tour was because I realized that, it is. A, I think it is a good system, you know, to sort of like start from the beginning, you know, start as an under, start as, a, you know, get get your feet wet. There is absolutely no known way to just step out there after like two weeks of rehearsal and just nail it. But I right. also understand why people expected mm -hmm. that because it was still the show people waited a year to go see. I mean, the pressure of that was yeah. too much and it definitely broke mm -hmm. my brain. And I just wasn't expecting it. I, I was like, well, I have to worry about my voice and I have to worry about, you know, being you know, being able to show up and do my job. And I was ne not at all prepared for the psychological aspect of it or the, right. you know, the fan aspect of it. And, and just not even aware of how much it meant to people yet. Right. Because mm -hmm. I was not living in that world and the ownership sure. people have of it. Like Nicole, did you think when you did Alphabon Broadway that you would be sitting here in 2023 talking to two wicked gays about <laughs> wicked? No, 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 no. Um, I thought, well, I'll, that's the last time I'll work. No. <laughs> but, no, because it's true. It kind of does. Two wicked you know. gays. <laughs> two wicked gays. <laughs> It's another good moment for us. Oh my god! Um, no, I definitely didn't. And I also think that, oh like, fuck. we as people have grown, we're able to have perspective. I think we we give a lot of grace to each other more so than at the time. I think that things have changed, and I think that you know, um, I mean, yes and no. I think it's still we still expect a lot of uh, this high octane like singing that is just still a thing and and mm -hmm. the pressure that builds and I, I worry about young girls voices trying to match these things because I think yeah. we're still communicating mm -hmm. that this is what 
we love and we always need. And the thing is, yes, it's exciting. It's exciting. We love a high note. We love a riff. You know, it's just that with, with that comes pressure or feeling like you need to sound like someone. And when I teach voice, like all I can do or do a masterclass, I'm just like, please, please, please just use your authentic voice. And like, let's build that. If you're trying to sound like whoever you're listening to, mm-hmm. like that won't even work because all those people you're trying to sound like, they actually were their own voice, you know, right. too, at one point, you know, right. at one point they were thinking you had to sound like someone Right, else. right. Um, but it's really hard. It's hard to yeah. remind myself of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and weirdly, I feel so free singing as someone else who makes no, actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I think I might be more in my head sure, sure. about, belting once again on a New York stage as me as yourself. Um, but it's like, it's Celine. So it's not me. It's not, it's, I can do anything. Cause I'm Celine, you know, yeah. you can do anything. And yeah. so I think that right. is a little bit freeing, but, but yes, it is interesting how there's a f- only a few girls <laughs> who did do it that way. Lindsay, do you feel like you came in with that TV, similar TV buzz that Nicole had? No, because, um, I, I was pretty much other than Glee, really, I was completely known for musical theater um, because of mm-hmm. Glee Project, and and I had been doing theater mm-hmm. in LA for eleven years. So, mm-hmm. I it didn't. I was never told that there was it was mm-hmm. a stunt cast. Um, I everything that I had ever heard was, of course, this makes sense. Um, that's not how mm-hmm. I felt. Um, well, thank <laughs> you. Um, I uh, as I was quaking in my boots, I never had a moment where I was like, of course. Of course, this is the next trajectory for me. Of course, the natural <laughs> next step after coming off of a nine-month cruise contract and doing <laughs> burlesque in Los Broadway. Angeles is yeah. to play fucking Elphaba on Broadway. No, no, not And at have all. it be your um, debut, which is crazy. Having right. my, ha- yeah, not just my debut. It's how I joined Equity. Like, right. no. Wild. Like, I've never, I got Wild. my Equity card. Like, I got, we talked about this in the last one. I was wow. like, how do you yeah. ever top? The show in which you made your Broadway yeah. debut, you got your equity card. What did I say? Like, nevertheless, she persisted. Like yeah. the, the massive <laughs> injuries, the massive yes, injuries literally. to my body that I sustained, and still managed to show up as often as I could, and and be mm-hmm. kind, and and operate the way that twenty-two yeah. year old Lindsay wrote in her journal that she would. I stayed true to myself mm-hmm. the entire time. And there is only, I think, it's what you mean, mm-hmm. Nicole, Hannah, Hannah Corno, and Lindsay Mendez. Lindsay Mendes. Yeah, I think it's only those couple. And I don't, the thing is, is I don't, uh, yeah, I was like, not too fucking shabby, babe. Um, (laughs) Really, really (laughs) epic people. And and I think, (laughs) you know, let people think what they want to think. But at the end of the day, I think the overall theme that every single woman that has ever put that green on doesn't matter if they've done it once because they're the pink beret, doesn't matter if they've done it a thousand Mm -hmm. times because they're a standby or the principal performer, doesn't matter. You do not know what the hell it's going to be until you do it, and you feel like you've been punched in the face, hit by a train, T-boned every single time because it's just a hard (laughs) thing to do. It's a hard Mm -hmm. thing to do. Even when you get used to it and you feel less Mm -hmm. like you're dying, your body, it's not Mm -hmm. a linear experience. You guys asked, Mm -hmm. I think it was the last time I was on, you guys were like, was there ever a moment where you were like, I am in my zone? I was like, yeah, it was like the end of March or something like that. I was like, this is what it feels like to be, to feel like I can show up at work and and eight to nine times Mm -hmm. out of 10, I know what I'm going to be able to do. And it was a a sense of confidence. It was a sense of self-awareness. It was a sense of self-preparedness, you know, know, like chipping chipping Mm -hmm. my teeth on the part. And then two weeks later, I was like, 
why is it so hard? You know, and then, <laughs> and then it would change and yeah. it would be easy again. Right. One of the easiest eight I've ever had was when I was rehearsing for Mean Girls during the day. How does that make uh. sense? And it was my last week. How does that make sense? How many girls talk about their audition and they're like, yeah, I had something else to do after I was totally like not focused on it. It's a it, mental game. And I nailed the audition and they called oh my me the God, next day. It it's like if you have something There's else to focus on. There's psychologists to help yeah, Alphabuzz. I honestly really awesome. think so because it is so mental. It, it is so psychological. And nothing, nothing can, you can, all of the other women can, can, you know, message you or email you or text you and be like, Hey, and all of them do, and it's an incredible, mm -hmm. incredible fellowship to be a part of. But every single one of them is like, I can talk at you all day long, but until you put those goddamn shoes on and you're on yeah. that rake or you're scooping yourself you out of that fun. well, and like yeah. <laughs> if yes. you're on tour, you know, oh my God, you're, whatever well, it is. Can you talk about that? No, talk about it. Well, because there's no, there's no, there's no trap door for the tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're just you're in a well, and you right, have to like right. serpentine yourself out. You have to like. <laughs> And like, like contort yourself to hide behind this well. I, God, I just remembered that. That was you literally flashbacks. have to go. It's like Fiero. <laughs> yeah, and you have to be like Fiero. It's like when I watched Talia like had told me time and time again that that was happening. And when I took Jenny to Texas to see the tour when it reopened because we wanted to have like bonding time. Yeah. Jenny and I went to Texas to see the tour reopening mm -hmm. in Dallas, and <laughs> she came yeah. out of the well, and I heard Jenny go. Huh. <laughs> and I saw and I saw what Talia had been talking about and I was like, oh <laughs> yuck. It's, it's yuck. Wild. Like when they first yuck. show I'm like yuck. Are you serious? This is what you do. And that's, the, and that's what what's wild okay. too, is you know, they'll talk about, well, at least the tour doesn't have a rake. And I'm like, doesn't fucking matter, babes. They've got that green girl working up until the last fucking second of the show. <laughs> if you're on Broadway, you're like monkeying, waiting to no, pull yourself true. up. Oh, wait, where do you come out? If there's no trapdoor, where do you come out at the end? That's what we're saying. That is well? what it is. You literally come on out tour, of- it's a well. Yeah, it's like a little yeah. peak. Above. <laughs> oh, not before No Good no, Deed. You're is, talking about- Yes, No Good Deed. Now that is one yeah. thing- that's one fantastic thing Different about tours that you don't have to do some crazy run before no good deed or define gravity. It's great. Right. <laughs> it was. I mean, honestly, the tour in so many, many is it, ways was so. Is it great? Tell it me. Was, it was so, Tell me more. Was, I know. Sorry. It Tell was, me more um, about it. It was so healing in so many ways and also yeah. just lovely. And, and in, like Lindsay was saying, we're like, you have an eight show week that, you know, it was like, it took to like Salt Lake City, right? Dead of August, you know? And it's like, I finish an eight show week and I just leave going like, I did that, you know? It's yeah. like, no yeah. one ground. I'm like, yeah. nope, no one knows. No one cares. It's fine. No one but cares. You know? Well, Nicole, you said in your last episode with us that when you finished your Broadway contract, you knew in your head that you wanted another crack at it. And that's yep. why you did the tour. Yeah, Lindsay, right where did you stand, or even now, where do you stand with your Wicked journey? <laughs> well, I think I think because I was jumping right into the Mean Girls tour, and I knew that I was going to close that tour. Like I was doing my best to compartmentalize how quick the turnover was going to be because I had four days in New York learning God. the show, and then I had my one and done Sunday. We we had like a double Wednesday, double Saturday week. And so, and it wasn't just me leaving. It was me, it was Sam, it was Millie. It was yeah. all, basically almost all of the principals, principals were leaving. Yeah. And we got done with that show around like 5.30. And I went to the rooftop and said bye to everyone. And then friends came over to my apartment to take things to store and to, to take things that I didn't want or need. And then I got on a plane at like 10 a.m. the next day or something like that. So it was, and I still had that green all over so me. I had green because all of my crazy. my like products were in my tour trunk that I'd sent mm -hmm. ahead of me. 
I was green for like yeah. two days. Couldn't get it all off. So oh I like God. walked into my first Hilarious. rehearsal with green all over me, and I was like, "This is so embarrassing." Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, they're think they're gonna think, yeah. I was we like, they're gonna Z. think like, oh, is your green? Girl. Oh, 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 did you know that <laughs> I um, that I had? But oh, and, oh I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry about yeah, my cuticles. And I, it's I, just, I remember going into that rehearsal being self, like, "This self is self so about. like, what? How fucking annoying is it that I'm like." <laughs> Okay, before we wrap, I do want to ask one more Titanic question. <laughs> I would love to talk about the improv scene. What are the logistics of that? Like, Nicole, are you prepping, like, little bits before you go on? How? There's not really yeah. a lot of time, but sometimes I can at least think about, okay, yes, here's a subject matter I want to talk about. Like, what? Uh-huh. Um, I'd say the I'd say the thing that's uh-huh. the most prepped is, like, um, not, not the main body, but after look to the left, look to the right, right? Those uh-huh. two. Yeah. I will try to have something in my head for that. Cause sometimes it's just like a, an object or like a person. And so that you can of course have in your head beforehand, you know, yeah. uh-huh. but it's still like, are they going to laugh at that? Is that going to work? Mm-hmm. And they do. I started they do every doing, time. Yeah, I don't know yeah. when you guys thought I wasn't doing this yet, but now I've been just improvising a song because <laughs> it's um, insane. Because it's insane. Know, that you're doing a piano play because Nicholas was like I would love to do any you know music and I was like well should we just improvise a song and he was just like I'm on board so what we started doing I wasn't sure it would work so it was a big experiment because you know I did let Lindsay know and she was a champ the first time we did it because like at first it wasn't sure that guy was going to say his name so Lindsay you're like lip singing now yes so but she was like she was like I I need you to talk to someone in the audience are you okay with doing that I said you just tell me what to do and I'll do it yeah so she yeah. was great. So it was like, I think I can, I think the most I could try to get out of someone is their name. Other than that, it gets really complicated. People get freaked out. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I have been talking about. They sure do. Yeah. They sure do. The first, I this, when, when, when she debuted this content, I had to go down and ask someone and she tells me who to go to. So oh she'll God. say like the girl with the flowery dress and the hoop earrings, which was yes. the first girl that this happened to. Yes, she was like, and she right. went down and, and she asked her name. Yeah. And I went down. This girl thought that she had to come up with the song. That's so right. I went down and I went, what's your name? And she was like, my name oh. is Victoria. And I went, <laughs> and I just, I, I went, really. I literally, as kindly as I could, oh, no. I went, I went, your name, baby. I just need your name. <laughs> and she was like, oh, it's, it's Victoria. And I went, Victoria. And I ran back up on stage. And she uh. handled all of that in like a second. I knew that happened. And now it's much cleaner since we have figured uh, it out. So but funny. Um, uh-huh. I just say it's something so like, because the bit is that old Victorian songs are so, you know, they have such quaint titles and they're always about like a person, a name. So I, I find some like, parasol and, white, and, like, and I yeah. always he was wearing, you know, whatever, a flowery blouse or the white stripes. And then the song will be Mike in the purple plaid. Blouse. Yeah. <laughs> so then I, so, but it takes me the whole first 20 minutes of the show to find that person and mm-hmm. then and in that, so there's Scoop not a whole out. lot of time. I have gotten mm-hmm. stuck sometimes where I'm like, what could I sing about him? What are some rhymes? And then I have to enter. So it's like, I will miss entrances if I'm trying to write much prior, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's mostly happening in the, in the moment. And then I have them do a little soft shoe in between in the song. <laughs> and they it's do a little hum- dance. <laughs> and that's when I am thinking of more rhymes. I kind of like pat uh, myself. I don't know. My, <laughs> my favorite thing, I don't know if you're doing this on purpose, and I pray that you are because it's so genius, Nicole. So she talks about, you know, she goes like the late 1800s, like, you know, the songs of the songs of our time. And uh-huh. she's going on and on. And then, and then she, as Jack is talking after she's done with the song, she goes, it was the biggest hit in 1905, but the Titanic sunk in 1901. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no, 
it sunk in 1912. Oh, that's right. Oh my god, I'm a fucking idiot. But I was like, I was like, this is you so, so funny. Then. I was like, no. Oh my god, I was like, that is so funny that we're like in the future, like as if Jack had survived. I thought it was genius. Well, actually, I was like, be, oh my god, that is so I fucking think hilarious. That it's so funny. That. Okay, well now you know. You're welcome. Do it today. Well, no, I'm just a fucking idiot. I don't know anything about the actual Titanic, but I thought I genuinely was like that is such a that oh, I, I was like was, that is was the smoke. smartest I didn't even know comedy. It was oh, it was like that is it's a huge hit from 1905. I was like, oh my god, she's a genius. <laughs> Well, I'm sad your New York era has come to a close. For now. For now. For now. (laughs) For now. For now. She's not going to leave me forever. No. So anyone listening, this has two more days to see Nicole in Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) Get me to the Daryl Roth. Get me to the Daryl Roth. This has been so much fun. Thank you for doing this, guys. I think we need to come and see Jackie and Lindsay, honestly. I mean, yeah. Well, obvi- everyone listening to this podcast will be back to see Jackie Byrne. I know, it's very true. <laughs> obby, obby. Yes. Yeah. Thanks All for right. having well, us. Thank it's you for the doing best this, guys. being here with you. What a delightful interview. That was a thrill. Not even interview, conversation, discussion. Conversation. Kiki. A kiki. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, I mean, I stand by what I said in the intro. It was nice because, like... I feel like we have a dynamic, you and I, and I feel like they have a dynamic because they have a long friendship behind mm-hmm. them. I'm glad we talked so much about their history together and the Rockwell and all that, because yeah. I find that very fascinating, and I don't think that's the Same. thing that a lot of people really know about. Same. I didn't know anything about, like, the mechanics of that. Like, I had heard of it from them working there and, like, from people working there. But it's, I don't know, it sounds really special. It sounds very much like a mecca for like theater kids who grew up and and like still want to like play and have mm-hmm. play practice and mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was interesting how um both of them were saying like like how they don't consider themselves TV actors which is interesting because it's like well yeah I guess like looking back at their careers like that's a relatively small part for each of them but in the context of going into a a Broadway show it's like oh well she's from TV right like I think the press message could very easily be these TV actresses are coming to the stage Um, but I think what I've been learning through talking to so many of these wonderful ladies is that careers are very long and Mm -hmm. like I don't know, because I feel like I almost look at things as like, yeah, you can totally have a job that defines the rest of your career as an actor, actress. And while that is true, there's like, obviously still needs to be other jobs after that. And it's cool, I think, now to like, see women who did Wicked early on in their career and that has defined their career in some ways, but then they go on and do other things and hit other marks that become Mm -hmm. career defining and whatnot. Yeah, I love too what Nicole was saying about how like when she left Wicked, it was like, well, that was the experience I had. And, you know, there was like X, Y, and Z about it. And now, you know, as she has gotten distance, that perspective has changed. And I was like, like you were just saying, thinking about some of the the girlies who go in so early in their career, um, then it's like when something goes wrong, that's the biggest mistake in your Mm -hmm. whole career because you only have a couple years. But then... 
you know, 10 years later, it's like, that's what I was upset about that day. Like I was upset about my voice going out in the middle of a three hour show. Yeah. Which I guess is just how life works as you live more of it. Yeah. The things that seem big get smaller. I did. It was nice hearing from both of them that they've been able to mentally parse out like digest their time in Wicked. Yeah, and I mean, it's also refreshing to hear, I mean, we, we had talked too about like going on and having such different personal experiences in the future jobs, like not even just their profession, but like now being in Titanic and getting to like goof around and, and you know, check that box or working at the Rockwell and it's like, yeah, I just played Alphaba and now I'm getting changed in a janitor's closet. It's like, it almost is, I think it was Lindsay actually who said it's like nothing else is going to be that. And so it's like you can't compare everything else that comes after it because it's just it's never going to be that no matter how wonderful it is. Nothing else is Alphaba. All right, um, guys, leave us a rating, review, tell a friend, share this episode with a friend, comment, do all that fun stuff for us. Enter our giveaway. Yes, enter the giveaway. And if you lose the giveaway, buy a ticket to the Ozdis Ballroom at BroadwayCon. We'll be there. It'll be fun. I'm so curious who the live performances are going to be. It's going to be us. I, why did I immediately think we could sing Let Me Be Your Star? Not really related. It would fit. What's a wicked song we could duet on, Sentimental Man? Famously for good Well, is, is the duet. In but that feels a little on the nose. I want us to have a fun angle. We could not duet a Sentimental Man. Wonderful. We each get four measures. Wonderful. What is this feeling would be a fun shtick for us? Yeah, yeah. Anyways, suffice to say, we are not performing at the Austin (laughs) Ballroom. But we'll be there dancing. Cheering on whoever does. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, all. You've been listening to Sentimental Men from Theaterly. This episode was produced by Quincy Brown, Kevin Bianchi, and the team at Theaterly. Thanks to Anthony Abitangelo, the most swankified podcast editor in town. And another thanks to Michaela Reynolds for making us look downright osmopolitan in our new key art. And to Julia DeMarzo for our logo design. If you want to get in touch, send us an email. We love to hear from you all. You can reach us at sentmenpod at theaterly.com. That's T-H-E-A-T-R-E-L-Y. You can also connect with us across social media on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at SentMenPod. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time, I'm Quincy. And I'm Kevin. 